Wow. How early is it for you? Uh, it's 7.56, but I have a two-year-old who's up at six every day. So <laughs> yeah. this is like I'm, I'm halfway done my day. <laughs> a two-year-old, that puts you pretty much uh, in, the, in that mode of mom, why? Mom, mom, how? Mom, mom. So you should be pretty used to being interviewed as well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be on NBC's The Voice, you are now part of the page, the, the weaving of, of this legacy show. What is that like for you personally? It's It's been such an amazing experience. Um, yeah, and it's crazy because I really have, you know, I'm 33 years old. I really have been watching this since it started. So it's just a, a wild thing seeing every season, everybody changing and coaches changing and just seeing it kind of develop has been really cool. And, you know, I wanted to be on it for so long and then I took like a hiatus from trying out from it Um so now that I'm on it, it's just, it's crazy to see yourself on the other side watching it now. You know, that's one of the things that viewers don't get to see, that journey of you trying to get on the show. You know, we all think that, oh, you show up on a Sunday and all of a sudden, you, here you go. There you are on our TV set. Right. Yeah, there's so many of us who, you know, we've we've done it numerous times. I feel like this is probably like my fifth time wow. maybe fifth or sixth maybe and that's very common there's like a lot of us who who are at that number as well so you know you just got to keep <laughs> if you want to do it you know you just have to keep keep i always tell us i'm a voice teacher and i tell my students all the time that you're gonna get more no's than yeses so <laughs> if you if you want it you gotta keep you gotta keep going you know, you talk about being that, that voice teacher. That explains perfectly why you are uh, speaking in tune. And, and, and that's a radio term because, I mean, people can go da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. But, man, you are speaking <laughs> in tune this morning. Oh, thank you. I feel like I have a nice low range this morning, <laughs> but it's Monday, you know? <laughs> well, see, that's what you, you got to be. You got to be like Bill and I, and that is that you run around the house going, K95.5, we play the biggest mm. rock. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Jocks don't talk like that on the radio anymore. No, no. It's funny. I'm sure like right then when you get home, you have to like try to sometimes turn it off, you know? Yep. You absolutely do. You absolutely do. So speaking of radio versus Spotify and even iHeartRadio, when you get 500 listens on Spotify, what, what does terrestrial radio even mean to you? Because what are the chances you're going to get 500,000 plays on, on terrestrial radio? Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's a great question. I, I don't even, I don't even know. It's just, I swear sometimes some things just hit better than others and at certain times and who's in listening to what and when and how, and, you know, it's all about kind of that hitting that moment that's special. And then, you know, kind of just domino affecting from there. When, when it comes to having that one thing that becomes attractive, because I, I'll tell you what, the one thing that I've learned about podcasting since doing this in 2012 is the fact that I have a Roy Clark interview that I did way back then that's still getting mm -hmm. hits today. And it's like, it's like what, what was it about that conversation that, that 11 years later, it's still getting hits? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I think certain times, certain people hit, especially like, you know, just interviewing an artist or being a part of you know, now the Rebus team and Gwen's team and, you know, those types of things. It's like, who's releasing music at that time? Who's, who's a part of this and this, and then is it hitting for people, you know, like 
my song what if when i was on songland i was on another nbc show it's like that song just you know i i didn't make it to the next round after that but that song just like hit and i did nothing besides being on that show and i have over five hundred thousand streams (laughs) on it it's just it just depends you know like you and i've been releasing music for so long and it's there's just sometimes it's that one that one moment that can that can set you, which is awesome. There are so many promoters out there that rely on social media to be the reason why they bring you into their club. And it's like, wow, I, I understand, but I don't understand because there's more to the artist than that. Yeah, definitely. There, there's so, there's so much more and it, it, it's a hustle. And this whole, this whole industry is a hustle and you just can't, you can't stop if you want it. The just the wave keeps going mm. and you have to just keep going and, no matter what, you know, this could happen and this could happen. You know, the pandemic was a big, was a big stop for me. Um, cause so many things were going up, up, up. And I was riding, I was surfing that wave nicely, um, had songs on TV shows and then got on Songland, And I felt yeah. like things were, I was performing all the time. And then it was like <laughs> the pandemic hit. And then it was just, Oh, never mind. <laughs> you know, it's like, you have to start kind of back at one. How did you deal with the pandemic in the way that, you know, because I mean, I, I've, I've talked with the biggest and the best of the music industry. And I remember during that time period between March of 2020 and December of 2020, they were angry. They, they it was like they didn't know what to do with their lives. And but yet they, they had to figure out how to find a stage because we all crave people. That's what that's, I think that's the downside of being an entertainer is that I love people. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it was it was a really big struggle for me, too, because I'm, you know, same same thing. I love being around people. I'm a social butterfly. Um, And, you know, I I think it's really hard. The things that, you know, we all went through with that time period. But I did all the things that we do have. And I think especially in the industry is like you we made things work, you know, and we have the technology to do that. And, you know, I was in still trying, we were still trying to create music and still do sessions and things. And luckily we have this technology where we can, you know, if mm-hmm. this happened 50 years ago, it would have just been a full stop. Um, so I think it's just nice that we, we can figure out how to kind of maneuver it and still make it work, you know, like still now to this day, like if a student's parent can't drive them to, you know, my house, we'll just hop on FaceTime. You know, it's like, we're just fortunate to have these accessibility of, of doing this stuff and still creating. Um, it just, it was, it took a, it took a hit for sure. Kind of people trying to figure it out. I think one of the funniest things about it is the fact that that uh, suddenly the bands that had everything done for them are doing it now. In other words, you, you could have the lead vocalist, the front man or woman of a band, and she's now head of merchandising of her band. And I, I love that because that, to me, puts them in the center of the music business. Right. Yeah. Like you have to create that certain roles and figure it out. Like you just have to you have to figure out you can't just stop. Um, and I think that's like, especially, you know, going back to the voice too, is just like how many times something knocks you down and you don't get it. And, you know, you second guess and you, should I do this? Whatever. It's like the same thing with the pandemic too. It's like, oh my God, like, (laughs) do I continue, do I continue this crazy thing? You know, when you stop and take a, you know, step back. Um, but yeah, when you love something so much, you just do it. 
How do you deal with the that evil word, no? Because like when you said that you've done it at least five times, because I mean, so many people, they'll go, they get disappointed, they become disgruntled, and all of a sudden, I'm not going to ever sing ever again because I guess I'm not good enough. I, I just telling myself and I tell my students to like feel the feels like feel them feel them for a day or two feel sorry for yourself feel sad feel confused whatever you're feeling feel it and then you just got to brush it off and you got to just keep going you know sometimes those hard hardships of nose like make you stronger um and make you kind of want to like prove prove yourself mm-hmm. and prove those people wrong Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes it does, it does go the other way and, you know, you have to have thick skin, but I always say, feel those feels and then you just got to keep going if you love it so much. Like I love it so much. So it was the only thing that mattered to me. So yeah, I would feel awful, but I would just say, all right, well, what do I have to do to figure it out, <laughs> you know? You know, it, it, it reminds me so much of uh, of the students that I have because I'm a broadcast instructor, and and since okay. 1988, all of these students that that paid a buttload of money to be in that class only went so far and then quit. And it's like, okay, did, wow, how how is it that you you know you pay all that money because they're paying you, and then they quit? How how do we coach them to continue believing in their creative form? Yeah, and I I mean I mean I'm sure you're doing everything you can. We all do everything we can to to help people, you know, want to do what we're doing as well, but that you can, you can only do so much. It's, it's the person has to. And sometimes maybe they just realize like that's something that they want to do and time comes and they're like, maybe, you know, maybe this just isn't for me, but you know, if you love something so much though, you just have to keep telling them, listen, you do this because you love it. Don't expect to always get everything that you wanted, but if you love it so much, no matter how you're doing it or what level you're doing it to keep just doing it the best that you can. And you're doing it because it's something that makes you happy. Taking that two year break, I'm a daily writer. I would be putting every single word and emotion inside that journal. If I took a two year break from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I took a, took a nice break. (laughs) I took a little nice break. Yep. Um, you know, it was the whole pandemic and having a child and just trying to figure it out. Um, and you know, there's just, there's a hole and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you love something, like if you're, you know, when you're not complete, you know, (laughs) songwriting for you is so important. And we, we've, we've evolved into this age where it's like, okay, I'm going to give you a piece of my heart in this song. And because I know someone's always going to relate. Even I even do podcasts that are based on what I put in inside my journals. And it's like, really, really, you're listening to that. Why? And how is it that people are tapping into that kind of writing? Um, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> writing, the writing process is a wild thing. Um, and sometimes you, you know, you do get that writer's block and I feel like I kind of got it for a bit just because I felt like the world kind of stopped and there was no, you know, like we were talking about, there was no being around people, like people, people, um, and everybody, I mean, in the beginning, we were all kind of writing that experience of like being alone and, you know, not being with the people we love and, you know, like who, and then you're like, oh my God, I have so much time. Like, and you're like, wait, who am I? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that's the best part about writing and is just being able to express things 
where it doesn't feel sometimes it's it's crazier or you feel more vulnerable when you're just talking to somebody about your feelings and and you the cool thing about songwriting is you have that ability to kind of put it and sometimes it's distracted by drums or guitar yeah, or yeah, yeah. or melodies you know people are sometimes listening to melodies rather than lyrics um but you know the people who really are are focused on it it's 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 a way to just like reach out and kind of relate to all the people around you mm. yeah or you've got the engineer in the other room going ah can you rework mm. that thought i'm not feeling it yeah but i did right. feel it i felt it yeah, yeah. And, you're, yeah and you're always trying to create a better a better <laughs> you know more creative way of saying the basics you know <laughs> you, you you talk about uh, the being a having writer's block i i you know john lennon hit himself in inside the dakota in new york city because he had writer's block and yet I, I sat down with Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls and he said, you know what writer's block is? It's when you think what you're doing sucks. Just give yourself mm-hmm. permission to suck and you'll get out of writer's block. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're constantly just trying to not create crap yeah. <laughs> or something that's already been done. You know, it's like we're trying to just we're craving to create something that I always feel like with songwriting, a blo- the block is true. Like that, that statement does really kind of resonate is you're really trying to make those things, the, the, all the things that we're feeling from love to, you know, um, loss to finding yourself, this, that, but you're trying to say it in the coolest way. And sometimes that's really hard. And that's why it, you want to be as creative as possible, but sometimes it's it just doesn't come and then you're like this sucks yeah you want to you want to create cool stuff (laughs) so where where is your writing place because i mean there i mean i have to break free of this recording studio and i take a walk through this forest in south charlotte north carolina if i don't have that recording device with me i'm missing out on a lot of stuff what about you yeah i mean if i ever have like ideas especially if i'm like out from where i am i either just like like i said uh, we're so lucky to have you know, all this technology is like, I whip out my phone and I have like song seeds on my notepad. I'll either write them down or if I randomly start coming up with melodies, like I'll have a voice memo them just so I don't forget them because they do slip out quickly. And isn't it weird that, that, you know, this smartphone is going to be our legacy after we're gone. And it's like, someone's going to pick up that smartphone and take a listen to it. And you're going to, yeah, hopefully they'll understand what it is that we do as creative people. Yeah, well, that's just all we hope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hopefully they don't look at the stinky stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and the thing about it is, though, the stinky stuff is probably the stuff they're going to go. Damn, this was good, man. Why didn't mm-hmm. she pick this one? A hundred percent. That's always what you don't expect. <laughs> so, if music wasn't your platform, what is your art form? Oh man, that's hard. I mean, I obviously do like my own artist stuff now, but I thoroughly absolutely enjoy teaching, teaching voice. Like that's the one thing that's amazing about being kind of in the music world is there's my voice teacher from high school told my mom like to not worry about me because no matter what, I will always have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does feel that way. I have numerous jobs. I, I, I write and sing for cheer routine music in their competitions. Um, and that's, you know, half the year. And those, those, 
that's always needed. <laughs> so I always have that job and, and people always want to audition for shows and, and musicals and this and that. So I'm always needed there. And, you know, it's just, it's a, I just love, as long as I'm doing music, I don't care like how, in what form it is, right. as long as I'm doing it. Yeah. So in, in your classes with your students, do you sit down mm -hmm. with them and say, today we're going to work on how to be interviewed and, and, and to get them to understand what answers are to those that are asking the questions? Um, you know what? I've, I've never actually never really done the whole interview conversation with them. Um, yeah, because I do people have are coming to, to you after this, because one, once you've been on NBC's The Voice, you, you, you're going to have a long list of students coming to you. I know, I know. And and I guess now now that I've been on it, I really should start preparing for <laughs> for some interview questions. But I always tell my stu students to, you know, stay as true to themselves as they can. Um, you know, like you are only you. So that that's the best advice that I'd tell them for that. But yeah, I mean, if I was telling them to interview, it's just to be like I said, to be to be truthful, um, be respectful and be kind and, you know, just show your heart. Where can people go to find out more about you? Because they need to know who you are and, and where you're growing. And I'm sure somewhere along the line, you're going to have a ton of merchandise that they can start adding to their personal collections. Yeah. So I would say I'm the most active on Instagram um, and they can find me at Corey Music Official. Um, you know, I also have a, a Facebook. Um, so my my name is everything's capital C-O-R and then two lowercase I's. Um, they can find me on Spotify. I have a, a bit of music on there, but I would say probably probably Instagram's the biggest one for me. I love it. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Corey. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much, Arrow. So, so lovely to meet you and happy Monday. <laughs> right. well, you be brilliant today, okay? Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye.